Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 372. Hey, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Welcome back. Today, I've got an awesome guest. That is George Abreu. George is a multifamily investor. He owns a construction company. He's been in the business for over 15 years. He's done a lot of cool things, starting out in the single family world, doing fix and flips, wholesale deals, and now investing in large multifamily. So he's what you could call an overnight success in the business. I'm excited to bring George on the show. George, hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, man. I'm excited to be on. I wish it was overnight, but <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, George, take us back to those early days. Tell us about what you're doing, who you are, your background, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I started this real estate journey about 15 years ago. I was going to college, studying to be an electrical engineer. At some point, I knew I didn't want to do that. You know, I was pretty deep in. So I did end up graduating and getting my degree and actually going to work for UPS in the engineering department for a little bit. But all at the same time, you know, my side hustle, real estate investing, any spare time I had, I spent in the library. The internet wasn't what it is now um, <laughs> back then. And, uh, you know, studying, reading up on real estate investing and others that have been very successful at doing it. And I finally did enough deals. So mainly back then I was doing wholesales and some fix and flips. Finally did enough to where I felt comfortable leaving that W-2 and doing this full time. I really took a focus into fix and flips. I enjoyed it. I had worked with my uncle who owned a construction company through college. And I really enjoyed that aspect of taking these ugly houses and then you know transforming them into something beautiful. So as I, I knew I wanted to scale that aspect of it, and I ran into a couple of roadblocks and that was finding a good contractor. Got burned a couple of times. I did find some good ones, but it wasn't enough to scale. And that's when I decided to start my own construction company. That was about 12 years ago. So then that worked really well, you know, hand in hand. It was a ton of work in, in the beginning, you know, pretty much creating it from scratch, you know, my own systems, my own procedures. Yeah. Then that took off as well. So the investments were going well. The construction company was going well. The only thing that wasn't going well was my time. I had none. You know, it was literally, I was working 24-7 no social life at all. And at the same time, I did manage to start building a family. That's when it kind of hit me. And I look back at everything and, you know, my why is my family. And I realized that not being there for my kids was not going to be an option. So I knew I needed to make some adjustments. And then I started really focusing on my team as far as the construction goes to be able to rely more on them and bring in good pieces to that puzzle. And then I discovered multifamily syndications. I had a client 
that I was doing a renovation for, a multifamily renovation, and you know, building a relationship like we try to do with, with every client. And that's always our goal. I started asking more and more questions about how we acquired the property. And before that, I didn't know anything about syndications. I thought, I'm here doing these single family homes. And I had done some smaller multifamilies, you know, some fourplexes, eightplexes. I thought that was probably my path. And then once he explained the syndication to me and the fact that I can bring in these investor partners and not have to have the millions of dollars to put down on these myself, that just blew my mind. And I knew that's where I wanted to be. I knew, you know, having the economy of scales built into one property and everything I had been doing and working on, you know, with the single family, just making it really easy with the multifamily. That was about maybe four and a half years ago now and ended up stopping with the single family altogether. And I've been 100% on multifamily. We're at 2,140 doors right now. Got another close to 300 that's going to close in the next two weeks and then another 500 or so under contract. So we're starting off pretty fast and furious this year and we got some big goals. That's awesome, George. You know, people can kind of uh, jump to where you're at now and think, wow, George has several thousand apartments owned and managed so far ahead of me. But, you know, you kind of got started just like anybody else would. You had a day job, you started investing in real estate on the side. So kind of take us back to those early days. What was your very first kind of foray into the real estate investing world? Why did you get involved in real estate? You know, you mentioned your reasons why, you know, you growing and starting your family, right? And Maybe that's what it was. So take us kind of back to those early days. Yeah, the early days, man, I take it far back. So my father was a business owner and then a lot of my family members. So my parents are Cuban and a lot of my family members just, they came to America for the American dream, right? You know, you do mm-hmm. whatever you want here and you can make the most of it. So a lot of them did start their own businesses and I had been surrounded by that growing up, I don't think it really hit me till I got to college for some reason. But, you know, once it hit me, not quite sure what led me to real estate. I think it was just the, I started with reading on successful individuals and then I kept seeing real estate investing was a part of their portfolio or either the way they generated their wealth or the way they maintained it and grew. That's what kind of led me down the path of real estate. And then yeah, as far as the side hustle and all that, uh, my first deal was a uh, we wholesale the property and I think we made like twenty thousand dollars. And I was like, holy crap, that's <laughs> you know, my salary here, my starting salary back then was maybe sixty, seventy thousand. I can't remember. And I'm like, I just made that in a few few days. Um, right. Not that much, but I made it, you know a third of that in a few days. So that was also maybe a little unrealistic on the whole that was right during the boom right before the the bubble popped and this was in miami so i'm originally from south florida now i live in dallas but so yeah some of the numbers we made back then was kind of crazy on the wholesaling but yeah man and then you know i kind of got stuck in in the day-to-day of the business and building the businesses out and not really looking at the big picture and it came very transactional, like going from one deal to the next. And I kind of realized I can't stop. Like if I stop, the money stops coming in. And that's when I got introduced to multifamily syndications. And I was like, okay, 
this is where it's at. You know, if I do this right, if I build a massive portfolio and I make sure that I execute, this is how I win back time. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, I think, George, many people find themselves, you know, that beginning real estate investor like you were in in the early days, whether they're wholesaling or buying single families or fix and flipping or, you know, buying small multifamilies or house hacking or whatever it is. And, you know, while you're kind of in that part time side hustle stage, it's tough, you can recall, right? I mean, you're working a day job, you've got a family, you've got the responsibilities of everyday life. And at the same time, you're trying to build a real estate empire on the side. So, how did you handle that? What was your life like? You know, what was your work life balance like? What would an average day look like back then for you? Yeah, so back then it was uh, no kids. You know, it was me and my uh, girlfriend, fiance back then, um, yeah. not my wife yet. So I've always been, you know, when I do something, I go 110%. And I guess I didn't really feel it back then. I was working nonstop, just like I was before, but. I didn't have the kids. I didn't have the growing family, so I, so I didn't really feel that so much. But I mean, it was going to work, making sure I take care of my business at work because that's how I was getting paid at least a consistent amount of money. Um, yeah. So I wasn't slacking there, but I definitely was leveraging others. <laughs> I don't know. I was putting in systems within where I was working and delegating a lot so that I had more free time. You know, and it just got to the point where I was taking calls left and right while I was at work. And, you know, I just started seeing, okay, this is too much. You know, I'm doing them a disservice. And then I'm also losing money by being here instead of full-time in real estate. But yeah, I never suggest, you know, quitting whatever's bringing in your money right now, cold turkey. You know, try to find a way to kind of get that side hustle up enough to where it's hurting you, the fact that you're actually have a W-2. Yeah, sure. No, I totally agree with that. Don't go out and kill your cash cow, right? <laughs> well, George, what do you think kind of separated you from so many people that, you know, try to dip their feet in the real estate world or even the syndication world and just can't quite make it work or don't grow and scale it to the point that you have? What do you think differentiates you or your success maybe? Yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of they call like, tire kickers or they're these uh, seminar junkies. I don't know, man. If I'm going to pay to be somewhere and I'm motivated to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the information in. I'm going to create a action items. I'm going to create a plan and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to just show up and be there and network or not, not even network to just uh, have fun or whatever. Right. Yeah. I'm there for business, man. Well, talk about how you kind of made that transition from this point when you were, you know, doing your wholesaling business, doing some flips, doing some small rentals to your very first syndication deal. What did that transition look like? How did you kind of pull together all those moving parts that it takes to syndicate a deal? And then what kind of team did you have behind you at that point? Yeah. So raising equity was probably the part that I did not have down. Right, it was my weakest link. Put it that way, because I had done it before. We, on our single family, they used hard money lenders, or we had some private lenders. It was new to the private lenders, so they weren't quite thrilled about you know maybe lending on multifamily or becoming an investor in multifamily. So through networking and through going to some of these events and whatnot, I was able to meet somebody that had raised equity. They were really good at it on that side of the business, and they also had 
couple deals down. So they had the experience to sign them alone as well. So partnered with them. I knew I was good at finding deals. I knew I could most definitely handle any of the CapEx, due diligence, all that part of it. Had a little bit of a experience on the asset management with the other properties we've owned, not on the scale of multifamily, but honestly, the more units you have, the easier it is to asset manage my take. So yeah, I leveraged partners, kind of structured and filled in the gaps where needed. Did that a couple of times and now I'm on the other side, right? You know, now I've got people coming to me that need someone to sign on a loan or that can raise equity, or I think the best way for somebody to get started, you know, find what you're best at and where you can bring value and then find somebody that's done what you want to do and bring that value to them. Yeah, totally agree. Now you take syndicating a large apartment deal, for example, George, and it sounds like a giant daunting task if you're starting at zero, right? But if you want to get to that point, instead of thinking like, hey, you know, how am I ever going to go out and buy a 100 or a 200 or 300 unit apartment complex? Instead, what I like to do and what's worked well for me is break things into little bitty tasks. I'm talking like little, little, little bitty tasks. And you just line dozens, possibly hundreds, maybe thousands of those little bitty tasks up, you know, knock them down one after another. And eventually you look back and you've, you know, gotten to a point like you have. Would you say that's been true in your own career path? Yeah. You know, I I reverse engineer a lot of my goals. So I know I want to buy this many units and say that's in a year, I know that it takes me, that's just to make it easy, you know, a hundred offers to land one. Okay. So if I want to close 10 deals, then I know I need to submit a thousand offers, right? Yeah. So then I'm going to break that down into, okay, how many offers is that a week? And then, yeah, check it off. Did you submit the 10 offers you're supposed to submit this week? Not, okay, well, now you've got to submit 15 next week or you got to adjust somewhere. Right, right. No, I totally agree with that. And I, I love doing that. I like to break goals down that way, whether it's real estate related or other related, you know, taking your year goal, breaking it down into quarterly goals and then weekly goals. And then like, what do you have to do today to hit that, let's say hundred unit mark this year, right? So it's very like actionable, very like driven specific. What do I do today? What's this very little thing I got to pick up the phone and call the broker. I got to update my CRM or analyze the deal or whatever it is. You do those things repeatedly, consistently, year over year like you have. And then you look back and you've accomplished you know, surprisingly big things that you maybe didn't think you could have at one point. I agree, man. I agree, especially with so much noise nowadays with email, social media, Facebook messages, these messages, uh, TikTok, you know, <laughs> news, all this stuff, man. You, you got to know what to focus on. I'm and, glad you uh, bring that up. Let's talk about it because you're out there. You're kind of a thought leader in this world. You're very active on social media. I follow you. But at the same time, you're running multiple businesses, getting things done, syndicating hundreds and thousands of units. And I think you have a probably pretty good grasp on how you're utilizing social media. You're probably not watching cat memes all day, but you're using it like a tool. So tell us about how you've been able to use that component and then just kind of a general overall like networking to get where you are today. Yeah. So it was maybe, I'm trying to think of how many years back, three or four years back, around the same time I got into multifamily, I hated social media. I was like, <laughs> this is such a waste of time. This is... I don't have time for this. You know, I've got to run my businesses. And, and right. that was my thought towards social media. I mean, I think there was a time where I even deleted them off my phone or if I had them there, I wasn't looking at it. 
And then I saw Gary Vee speaking live at an event and it really resonated with me what he said. And the fact that, you know, he's not doing the things that you said, he's not on there watching other people and then, you know, paying attention to the feed. He's adding value to his audience, knowing that he adds enough value, they're going to come to him for his services, in other words. So I literally left, I think I even, that night, I opened up all my social media accounts again, I set everything up for business. I deleted my friends. I was like, (laughs) um, (laughs) and, you know, I started searching for people that I wanted to, as far as business, you know, real estate investors and all that. So I, I filled up my followers with that audience and you'll never catch me going through feeds. I mean, there's maybe if I am, it's because I'm looking for where I can add value, like somebody asking something or, or something on, on that end. But yeah, I'm not looking for cat videos and <laughs> commenting away people, all day. I don't even know what people are doing now. I'm sure that there's always some type of video or something going on. Yeah, um, sure. I look at social media, George, kind of like I do fire and I do as well debt, right? It's a tool that you can use to either hurt you or help you depending on how you use it, right? So I mean, you can create a bunch of value on social media or it can be a total time suck just depending on how you use it. I agree, man. I agree. And there's so many platforms now. It's insane. So, you know, we talked about doing all that and then also running the business. I mean, man, it all comes down to a good team, good systems. Good processes. If you got that, then then you can manage it. Let's talk about one more thing, George, and that's networking. You are really active at times pre-COVID times when we could go to networking events and conferences and seminars and things. That's how actually I met you. You came down to a conference in Houston and we went and did a site walk at one of your apartment communities over on the west side of town after that. So that was really cool to meet you then. But I've seen some pictures of you in the past and you're just like decked out with all these lanyards and all these things. So tell us about how that's really helped you in your business and kind of speak to that, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been huge. You know, the second I made the decision that multifamily was the path I wanted to take, I knew I needed to make a change there. I had become very closed and I was working in my businesses and kind of with my head down and just doing as much as I could there, but I wasn't doing much networking. I had kind of and in the beginning, I was. So when I started learning about real estate and all that, I, I would go to all the association meetings and do a lot of networking. And it, and it definitely helped get the business started. At some point, I got away from it. But I realized that I needed to get back into it, especially with multifamily being such a team game. So naturally, I'm not somebody that's going to you know be out there, put myself out there. So that was something that I had to change. You know, I had to move that mindset and just go all in. Yeah. Now I've kind of got a little bit of a side thought here, George. And that's like, what I really like about what I see of you online is I feel like I just get a ton of value from following you and seeing what you're doing, you know, watching your walk through due diligence videos on different properties and seeing your ground up construction deals and things. I don't ever feel like you're coming at it from like, you're trying to get something from your followers. You're more so providing value. And I think you do a really good job of that. So that Gary V conference must have uh, done you some good. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, he, he just, you know, said, not record everything you do, but, um, but just... Uh, Vlog or document or... Document. Document everything yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised on some of the things that you think just come natural to you. Some people are going to find a lot of value in that. And just document everything you do and 
put it out there. And that's what I started doing. I mean, you know, every time I was on site at a property, I've done some stuff where I'm evaluating deals. And so, yeah, the fact that that's helped others and shows that, hey, look, it can easily be done. I try to keep it as natural as possible. I'm not uh, scripted or anything, you know? Yeah, it's real. George, when you're looking at the multifamily industry as a whole, what are some things you like about it? And what are some things you don't like as much? You know, like about it, I love the abundance mindset that most investors in multifamily have. You know, it's very team-oriented. I mean, whether you end up doing a deal together or not, there's so many out there that it's it's not like you're competing with everyone, you know, and all can kind of bring different value. So I love that part of it. I'm trying to think of something I do not like about multifamily <laughs> investing and I am falling short, man. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, I did post something about, you know, I posted it yesterday about expectations and just, um, you know, I have ran to some people where they have these really high expectations and they think it's going to come quickly and they think they can, you know, control the deal and bring in others to help them, but yet they, don't know anything and they expect the really experienced individuals to kind of take a back seat. And I don't know, just having the, the right expectation, like, hey, this is a long-term play and you're going to have to, I don't want to say pay your dues, but I mean, you've got to get the experience. You've got to learn and then let it happen organically. No, I think maybe we've all been there in some aspect or another, George. I think when I was 18, I thought I was the smartest kid out of an entire state of Oklahoma, right? And then as time goes on, I feel like I'm getting, you know, less and less smart every year only to be humbled by, you know, people like you and people who I, you know, come across. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've probably been there in some aspect of my own life, but yeah, totally understand. Well, George, let's kind of talk about your business today, what it looks like, what you're doing and tell us about that. You know, we're in growth mode right now. We are evaluating a ton of deals per day. We've got a uh... Like I mentioned, you know, we have others that are bringing us deals and seeing how we can help them get them closed on the construction end. We're trying to see how we can bring as much value as possible to other investors, you know, not just our own deals, but also starting to do a lot more due diligence for other investors and kind of bringing a different twist to that end. The fact that I'm also an investor, I know what to look for and what a investor should have when they're done with their due diligence inspection. And then, yeah, man, just constantly thinking of how else I can add value to the industry. And what's your team look like today, George? So, you know, on the construction end, it's a fairly large team. It's about uh, close to 20 of us right now. And then we also have a new construction arm. So depending on if we've got a large new construction project, you know, that personnel will grow quite a bit for that project. And then a ton of crews. We continue to expand as far as our reach. At this point, we feel pretty comfortable mobilizing pretty much throughout the U.S. For if it's a large enough project, we've got the traveling project managers, the traveling crews, and we've got our systems that we feel confident in. And then sort of the same on the investments. We're not stuck to one area. We have certain criteria we like to meet in our location. But if it checks all the boxes, then we'll invest in that area. Yeah, I know you've been investing, uh, kind of still got your start in Texas, ventured into my home state of Oklahoma, and then you've gone up into the Dakotas now. So kind of yep. uh, expanding a tornado alley, as we call it over in these parts of the world, right? Yep. And we've got uh, one in Georgia that closing here shortly too. Okay, awesome. Congrats. 
Well, George, hey, it's been a lot of fun talking with you. Let's go ahead and wrap up with the lightning round, just a series of questions we ask every one of our guests. Are you up for it? Let's do it, man. All right. The first Let's question is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what'd you do to overcome that? Run to mindset. Mindset. I just had a lot of people talking to me and telling me things that I didn't know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, blocking that out and changing my mindset. Like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, sure. George, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your own success? Personal habit? Yeah. You know, I stay focused on my goals, like we kind of talked about. And I constantly make sure that I'm working towards those goals and I block time on my calendar to specifically work on the goals and block out that noise that we talked about. Love it. George, do you have an online resource you find valuable in your day-to-day? Online resource? Like a Software, software, or... website, anything. Yeah, man, there's so many. I mean, CoStar is a big, you get a lot of information from CoStar. Yeah, sure. Do you have a book recommendation? And if so, what is it and why? Business-wise? Or... Yeah, let's do business. Let's do business. I would say traction. If, if you're a business owner and you want to get better control of your business, then uh, traction. How about a real estate book? Multifamily real estate. I, I think the best one is uh, the best ever apartment syndication, whatever it's called. Joe Fair, this is. Uh, yeah, I think I've got, got the, that, that, that big right red brick somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great book. It's almost a textbook, and uh, yeah, highly recommend that if you're interested. It is, in it is. You did a great job with it. Syndication for sure. George, last question in the lightning round: If you were to go back and give advice to your 20 year old self to get started investing in real estate, what would you tell 20 year old George? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to answer it a little different than, than I've answered before. I usually say skip single family and go to multifamily. Yeah. yeah Were I, you investing I, I in single family at age 20? I was definitely looking into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. I uh, might've been 21 when I did my first, I can't remember. No, no. I had, a uh, we had purchased a, a house together with a couple of friends and that's, we stayed in it during college and then fixed it up and okay, yeah. The other one is networking from an early age, man. I worked at, I'll never forget this. I worked at the Rob Golfers Resort. I'm not sure how many are golfers, but it's, it's, it's on the tour. And I met so many wealthy individuals. And at that time, I didn't think about it. You know, I built some relationships, but not nearly as many as I could. Sure. So networking. George, well, hey, it's been a lot of fun having you on the podcast. Like I said, I've been following you for a long time now. I knew I had to get you on. And uh, yeah. I'm glad we did it. As we're wrapping up here, is there any parting piece of advice that you'd like to leave with the audience members? Maybe something I didn't ask you that I should have or anything like that? Persistence pays off, man. Just uh, stick with it, especially multifamily. Stick with it. And eventually, once you get there, you build traction and start paying off. I love it. George, hey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We'll have to get you back on in the near future. Absolutely, man. I mean, you've got so many episodes. I had no idea. Was it 372, you said? Something like that. I think this is episode 372. So yeah, it's only with great nice. guests like you that we can do that. So thanks so much for your time today. Awesome. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks, George. Have a good one. All right. That wraps up this week's episode with our guest, George Andreo. Hey, I hope you're getting so much value from this podcast. What an awesome conversation with George today. 
If you want to learn more about what he's doing, you can check out his websites at JNT Construction and Elevate Commercial Investment Group. Both of those are linked in the show notes along with all of the other resources we mentioned. Well, hey, I want to thank you guys for taking the time out of your day to leave ratings and reviews for the podcast. This latest one comes from Nick Zanies and it says, an absolutely phenomenal podcast that balances terminology and the details with overarching principles of real estate investing. Jacob is a great host and his guests are super knowledgeable. Well, I can definitely agree with the guest part there. Thanks so much for that great review, Nick. And hey, I really enjoy hearing from all of you that reach out. Continue to do so. You can find me on social media or at www.jacobairs.com. Until next week, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.